Welcome to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. Remember, we are beginning our Detroit Today book club, our summer book club, where we are reading the book Evicted by Matthew Desmond and leading a conversation in this community about housing insecurity and all the different housing insecurity issues we see around southeast Michigan. Uh, You can go to WDET.org and find the list of events that we have planned, live events where we're going to get together and talk about these things. Uh, You will also be able to hear us uh, conduct interviews about that Uh, those issues all summer long. And you can now go to a new Facebook page, the WDET Summer Book Club page, and uh, talk with us about housing and housing insecurity. So all summer, we're going to be focusing in on that issue. We will also have Matthew Desmond back here on the program at the end of the summer, right before our last big event. Up first today, when you think about the way we ought to talk about how kids know what they know in social studies classes in schools, what are the subjects that come into your mind? Are they historical moments like the country's founding, the Industrial Revolution, or the Great Depression? Or do you think they should also include mentions of America's darker side, mentions of the KKK, the NAACP, or the fight about abortion rights? Some state officials think the former, but not the latter, are the way to go. And they've now put forward a proposal to change Michigan social study standards by removing reference to, well, to put it frankly, the parts of American history that a lot of conservatives probably wish were not there. Things about race and class and violence and sex that have strained our democracy almost from the beginning. We're going to spend the hour today talking about how we decide what our kids should learn and what they should be learning and class. Republican State Senator Patrick Kolbeck is the person who started this conversation in its current iteration. He pushed to remove several subjects from the social studies curriculum as part of a group that was convened by the State Department of Ed to review standards. Democrats on that state board now say they're going to block the standards after these revisions. We are going to hear from the Democratic co-president of the board a little later in the program. But first, we want to speak with journalists from our Detroit Journalism Cooperative partner, Bridge Magazine. They have been doing really great work reporting on this issue. So joining us now is Ron French. He is a senior writer at Bridge Magazine. Ron, welcome to Detroit Today. Yeah, thank you. It's good to be here. Uh-huh. And also with us is Chastity pratt Dossie. She is a reporter with Bridge Magazine. Chastity, welcome to the show. Hello, Detroit. Yeah. All right. So, Ron, let's start with uh, just sort of a look at what is going on here, where this comes from, and how this all works uh, in the mechanism of public education here in the state of Michigan. Sure. Um, well, it's not unusual for um, standards in different subject areas to get updated. Um, the social studies standards in Michigan were updated in 2007, and this was just a supposed to be just another standard reiteration of, of those of those. Um, uh, changes. And so th- this process started about four years ago, where it was just pretty traditional. There was a, a national association of uh, social studies association, you know, some new suggestions that were being incorporated into the new standards. Uh, everything going just, just normally. Until um, a little over a year ago, um, when the, a draft of those standards were turned in, and uh, it raised the eyebrows of 
Patrick Colbeck, Senator Patrick Colbeck, and some other uh, conservatives in the legislature who felt that the standards were too political. And so he made a number of suggestions. There was another committee formed, which he was on a member of, along with some other people, uh, other conservatives, and um, they ended up deleting a number of things that uh, uh, have turned to be pretty controversial now. And and so it it created more of an uproar than you might think about uh, standards for an academic subject. Yeah. Uh, when, When you say that these things have always been political, that's absolutely true here. It seems overtly political and overtly tilted toward, I guess, the right side of the political spectrum. Uh, this is not someone who's talking about uh, eliminating things that are close to uh, conservative hearts. He, he, he is suggesting things that people on the left side of the political spectrum probably have uh, more affinity for. Well, sure, and, and and you can make arguments whether whether it needs to be in history books, uh, some of these things, but it just tends to be that the things that have been deleted all tend to be one direction. Uh, for example, um, all references to gay rights have been cut. Uh, all references to Roe v. Wade, uh, the, the the famous uh, Supreme Court case that, that legalized abortion, have been cut. All, all, all references to climate change are gone. And, and one thing that really like uh, sparked a lot of uh, controversy here is, is is there is a phrase used throughout the uh, um, the standards that everyone's familiar with they grew up with called core democratic values. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, uh, Senator Patrick Colbeck uh, made an argument and was successful uh, in getting it deleted to get rid of the word democratic out of core democratic values because as he told Bridge twice. Um, that was that, that that makes the phrase partisan. He said, "Well, I'm not suggesting it say core Republican values, but to say core Democratic values suggests that that uh, there's a political party that that values these." Hmm. Uh, that seems to to really fly in the face of the meaning of that word, small D Democratic, which of course has nothing to do with one party or another, but with the way that uh, we respect voice and choice. Uh, in the republic, uh, the idea of democratic values being uh, those that protect votes, those that those that protect voter access, and and things like that. It's a little disturbing, I guess, that a state senator uh, doesn't really understand that difference, or maybe he is putting on uh, as a way of, of sort of defending what he's doing. Uh, Chastity Pratt Dossi, it, it strikes me that this is the kind of discussion that we have all the time in this country and have had for a long time. Most of this country's history has been spent by people on the left, by people who are part of these groups that uh, Colbeck wants to eliminate from the curriculum, trying to get their stories told in textbooks, trying to get the the, the respect for their history. Uh, it's a little strange to see somebody, I guess, now say, well, you know, we've had enough of that. Let's go back to the old way. Right. So I have several thousand Facebook friends and lots and lots of them are teachers and on my page and the messages that I got, um, you know, direct messages, people were really incensed 
about perhaps the more egregious um, change uh, related to the KKK. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The KKK is hundreds of years old. And now um, the suggestion is to cast the KKK as an anti-Republican as opposed to an anti-black organization. That sent a lot of people over the edge like, whoa, come on now. If, if, if this wasn't political, if these other changes weren't political, this right here is very um, plainly and boldly a political and, and racist, racist mm -hmm. sort of change. And so now um, Ron could talk to you more about it. The, there have been meetings all over the state because, like Ron said, changes to the standards happen. And when those happen, they shop the changes around the state. People get a chance to comment. And it's not until Ron and Lindsay dug up this story and made it public that people actually started showing up right. to the public meetings about these standards. And they're showing up and, and you know, 50, 60 people showing up to one of these is like, whoo, that's a lot of people. And, <laughs> and, and um, uh, they're, they're saying, wait a minute. Why are we doing this? This is plainly um, and, and boldly political. And, and do we really want legislators that um, close to the standards at that granular level? Right. Shouldn't legislators legislate and educators educate? Mm -hmm. So that's a conversation that uh, has exploded um, on my Facebook page and between myself and some teachers. Yeah. Uh, Ron French, one of the things that I think is also going on here is something that Chastity just pointed out, which is what's the role that the legislature ought to play in deciding things with regard to schools? And that's not just a question that I think gets murky when you're asking with regard to the legislature. I think it's murky when you think about the governor. I think it's murky when you think about the state school board. I think it's murky when you think about the state superintendent. There aren't a lot of clear lines, I guess, about how we do these things in the state of Michigan, at least not the same way that there are in other states. Well, that's that's one of the big issues here, uh, David, is, is is you have legislators who um, have routinely decided, and they I believe they firmly believe this, that, that, that education has some struggles here in, in the state, and, and so they feel they want to put themselves in a position to decide how schools should operate, even though most of them have no background in education. Um, and obviously, if you're a politician, your job is to look at things through a partisan lens. I mean, I don't, I, I get it, but I don't think history books should be looked at through a partisan lens. Mm -hmm. um, and so when you had a committee, um, there were 21 people on this, this last group that was supposed to look at this and, and, and make tweaks, that, look for things that the, uh, the people who wrote the draft might have missed. Uh, many of them were, were uh, uh, representatives of, of particular racial and ethnic groups make sure that, that they, their positions are, are, are represented, and that's great. But there were also five, among these 21 people, there were five people who were well-known conservatives in the state. There were none, no Democratic legislators. Um, there was no one from, say, uh, the ACLU or whatever on this committee. Um, and and so, you, you, so you get the feeling that this was influenced by politics and you, you, you want and, and you really have to wonder whether that is a proper role. And yeah. and that role, I mean what does it say what does it say about what that role should be, Ron? I guess I'm I'm trying to get at how are these lines defined uh, not just in the constitution but in legislation in this state. I mean it, it does seem to me like it's very confusing. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they have a perfect right. And frankly, we were told, uh, uh, bridge reporters were told by the Department of Education, the reason that they uh, um, had Patrick Holbeck on this committee is there was very big concern that if they didn't include some conservative lawmakers on this committee, the legislature was going to just go ahead and make their own standards from scratch. Um, and implement them. There, there, there's nothing to stop the legislature from doing that. And and so it, it, it's it's you're right. There are no good lines there. And and perhaps in the state there ought to be some lines about what we as a people feel is the proper role for politicians in setting standards for what is being taught in our classrooms. Right. Go ahead, Justin. I, I I mean, it's it's stunning that it has been going on for so long and it takes something like this for people to really pay attention. Mm-hmm. Um, but the question I have and and callers help me out here is what does it stay, say about the values of the people of the state of Michigan? Um, uh, it was okay last year mm-hmm. for students to learn this, th- this information, but this year and moving forward, it's no longer appropriate for our students to learn this, especially in the landscape that we are in today where all of these issues, you can just Google, you can find them out. But to say that in the state of Michigan, you won't learn about this unless your teacher, you know, goes beyond the standards. Uh, what does it say about what we value as far as information and things that our students should learn? It was fine for them to learn it five, six, seven, ten years ago, or as these very recent um, controversies have or not even controversies, issues have come up and become part of our recent history. Mm-hmm. But now, moving forward, it's not okay for them to learn that. Uh, that that is that you know you can't you can't always legislate people's minds and hearts, but students are going to learn this information. And what will they think when they say we can learn this on our own, but not in school anymore? Right, it's not in the books anymore. Uh, this is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. My guests are Ron French, a senior writer at Bridge Magazine, and Chastity pratt Dossie, a reporter at Bridge Magazine. We are talking about the suggestion that certain subjects exit the social studies curriculum here in the state of Michigan. State Senator Patrick Kolbeck has made that suggestion as part of a group that is looking at curriculum standards here in the state and maybe making some changes. Uh, What do you think are the appropriate things to mention in the standards we use to teach social studies or history in our schools? Do you think mentioning things like the KKK, civil rights or specific groups, or Roe versus Wade are appropriate? Do you think our education system is teaching to a certain bias? Is it a leftist bias? Is it a conservative bias? Or do you think those who are threatened by these kinds of references are trying to bias the system in their favor? And who do you think should be in charge of setting these standards? Give us a call if you want to join the conversation, 313 577 1019 is always the number on the phones. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and we will work you into the conversation. Haley on Facebook says, who should be in charge of setting the standards? How about an actual historian, not some policy writer or someone with a degree in education, an actual doctor of history who actually knows how history is studied and applied public school history books are just 100-plus pages of nationalist lies. Again, 313-577-1019 if you want to join the conversation. Let's go to Kennedy, Kenny in Detroit. Kenny, welcome to Detroit Today. 
Good morning, Steve. Hey, how are you? Good, good. I just want to bring a, a mention um, about uh, this state. I think it was Arizona, but it was a western state. Uh, where this woman uh, was reading through her son's new book that he brought home. And I think it was a social studies book, but it might have been a history, but it still goes along the same line. Where when she read a passage and they considered uh, slavery, they termed it mass or forced immigration. Mm-hmm. And I just that just struck me as being trying to wipe out, in a small way, but it could have gained momentum, of, um, of our history. And I think later on it was... Um, some some legislations in that state picked up on it, but I didn't really hear any more about it. Um, and, and these books were proofread and allowed to go through the system, and they called slavery uh, forced immigration. Yeah. So that's all I want to say. I'll, I'll hope you guys remember that, and maybe you guys can talk about that if it's related to what you're talking about. Sure. Kenny, uh, thanks very much for the call. Uh, in and the comments, I think this sort of goes part and parcel with what we're talking about, this idea that does come from the right, uh, that that uh, some of the things that we teach in school have a quote-unquote leftist spin to them or a liberal bias, and that they need to be more quote-unquote neutral. Uh, forced immigration for slavery is, is that kind of, I guess, uh, absurdity that, that emerges <laughs> from, from, from those kind of things. But as uh, Kenny points out, this was in someone's textbook. If you look at what they're doing in the state of Texas right now with uh, curriculum standards and and content textbooks. They're also removing things or recharacterizing things that uh, that they believe makes them more neutral. Uh, is is that Ron French? Is that what Colbeck is saying he wants to do? Is make these more neutral texts? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> From his point of view, he believes that that some of the references had gone, gone way too progressive, and they were then, and he's trying to pull it back to what he considers to be the middle, um, uh, to, to, uh, you know, talk more about uh, your your caller. What he'd said there is, you know, um, the 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 one reference, I mean, you know, Colbeck wanted it references to the KKK, soft pedal to say that it was, as, as Chastity said, it was an anti-republican organization as opposed to anti-black, and it just happened that blacks were lynched because they were Republican at the mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and there were six references to the NAACP, and now, now the, the, uh, the draft that exists now has it cut down to one. Um, his point of view, and you know, and that's why we're having these meetings. There are meetings all over the state to talk about this. Uh, his point of view is, is why there's so many references to an organization like that when there aren't references to groups that that are trying to protect religious freedom right. uh, was, was, is, is one of those issues. So, you know, it's, 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 when I look at this, Stephen and, and Chastity, is I, I, I really like that, that there's so much discussion about this now. Um, the, the public comments went from 200 that had total to 2,000 um, in one week after our first story ran. And the, the meetings that were drawn between two and five people are now drawn between 50 and 60 people. Um, so I, I, you know, as much as they wanted to cut democracy out of these standards, I think this is a pretty good example of how democracy works now. Mm-hmm. I find Go it ahead, all Justin. interesting because, um, you know, censorship and changing what books kids read and all that. None of this is new. Right. But I I, again go back to what my teachers have been saying. These changes are just they they're incensing people because like with the NAACP, the NAACP, you know, led the fight for, you know, 
Brown versus Board of Education, which, you know, gave us, you know, struck down separate but unequal and, and allowed every kid to go to school, black or white, and get the same education. And, and it gave us Thurgood Marshall. I mean, slavery and, and Jim Crow, all of that is the foundation of this country's economic prowess now. Sure. So to to minimize that really incensed people and and to um to say that this is, you know, political to use the word democratic, I'm not sure there was ever any um discussion about calling the country a republic. Is that okay? Is right. it okay to call the country a republic but not to call the values core democratic values? <laughs> and again, is the place the classroom, the eighth grade social studies classroom, is that the place to exercise your political values or force them on others or to delete the opponent's mm-hmm. main issues? These things that were part of history, to take them out of the history books means that you don't want children to learn about them. Yeah. And that's what's really incensing people. But really, I would like um, Ron to explain what happens now if, if let's just say, these changes are accepted. Do Teachers have to teach it this way or that can they amend or augment their lessons to include those um, those lessons that were taken out of the standards? Mm-hmm. That's a very good point. These are standards. These are over overarching type of guidelines. Um, they're, 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 they indicate what you are supposed to learn in each grade. OK, so, yes, uh, you know, that, it gives you that broad outline. But every individual teacher can decide the how those classes are being taught, and, and if they want to bring up the NAACP more and and use core, say core democratic values, no one's going to come in and, and handcuff them. Okay, you know it is you know the, the individual teachers still have a lot of control over this. Um, so it, that that's the bright side of this, but this does indicate that that you know do we do we really want to have it have these things cut from our standards at, of which you know gives you an indication of what everyone's supposed to be learning each grade. Uh, again, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page, put comments there, or go to Twitter, and uh, hashtag Detroit Today will work you in the conversation. Really robust conversation going on on both Facebook and Twitter, and a lot of folks waiting on the phones. Corey on Facebook says, in recent years, all social studies curricula have moved away from focus on trivial facts, dates, names of battles, etc., to focus on critical thinking, the ability, the ability to look for trends in history to explain how our culture is shaped. If Colbeck gets his way, students' ability to think critically about our collective history will be very adversely affected. Thanks, Corey, for that comment. Tiffany on Twitter says, you don't protect our youth by censoring our truth. I feel that information is power, and the children in our country need clear access to all U.S. history. Uh, let's go to William in Detroit. William, welcome to Detroit Today. Hello, Chastity, mm-hmm. and how is everyone doing this morning? I just retired, Chastity. This is William Weir. <laughs> Hi, Mr. Weir. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, just quickly, as a long-time social studies teacher, I've always had to supplement uh, the material that I taught uh, in my social studies classes because even though they always mentioned uh, things like the NAACP and the Ku Klux Klan, it was so glossed over. It was, can you imagine something like Ku Klux Klan and Jim Crow be be reduced to like a paragraph or one page? Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. 
so I've always had to supplement things. And despite my political bent, I've always been very careful not to infuse um, what, you know, my political feeling. It's, it's like somebody said, it's critical thought. We're teaching our kids to be critical thinkers. And they will ask the questions when they find holes in history. I'm telling you, from fifth grade, hmm. they will ask questions. So I just think this is just... Um, Playing to those Republican dog whistles. Hmm. Yeah. That's all I think this is. William, thanks very much for the call uh, and the comments. Uh, let's go to uh, let's go to Deborah in Detroit. Deborah, welcome to Detroit today. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Mm-hmm. So I've been teaching psychology for 25 years at the community college, and I've been teaching renewable energy technologies and. Um, environmental and social responsibility as part, you know, in a democracy. Do we want to be irresponsible or do we want to be responsible? I've been teaching that for 37 years. Mm -hmm. I am concerned that by eliminating facts and eliminating history, students won't have what they need to make a better future. And you say, well, teachers can supplement. But there's way too many teachers who are listening to skewed views that they accept as facts, and so then they aren't going to about the facts we need for social and economic and environmental responsibility. Mm. I can't count on teachers learning on their own. That's why these standards are important. I have a question. My question is, for those of us who know that this would be disastrous, that it's partisan, skewed, and it damages human rights, What's the most effective thing that we can do to stop this? Is it the phone calls? Is right. it the meetings? I've been to a lot of meetings, a lot of hearings <laughs> over my lifetime. What, can, what should we all do? Yeah, uh, great question, Deborah. Uh, uh, Ron French and Chastity Pratt-Dossie, what should citizens do if they're concerned not just about the particulars here, which is you've got a conservative trying to – push more liberal content out of the curriculum, but this idea that standards themselves are important to prevent politics from creeping into the curriculum. Chastity, I'll start with you. Well, this is still a democracy, participatory government. Um, <laughs> Supposedly. I would say, I would say um, start with attending those meetings. There's, I think there's only one left, though, and it's up north in Sault Ste. Marie. Um, but there's still a school board. There's a, a state school board. There's a state uh, superintendent. There's a uh, Board of Education um, in every um, community, if you want to start there. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's an education committee within the legislature. You could rile them up. And, and, I mean, look at the 21 people on this committee who are going to be making the decision. Call them up. Engage them. There are a lot of ways that citizens can get involved in this discussion. Uh, And, ultimately, if there are elected officials who are going away, going about this in a way that citizens don't like, vote them out. Yeah. I mean, this is participatory government. This is still a democracy. Ron? Yeah, and, and there, just, there are three more meetings. They added two more because so many people were showing up. Uh, there's a meeting uh, Tuesday in Sault Ste. Marie. Uh, if you don't want to drive quite that far, there's a meeting Wednesday in Lansing, Wednesday evening and Thursday evening in Grand Rapids. And also there is an online public comment form on the, the Michigan Department of Education website. It's right at the top of the website. It's easy to find. And 
I know what, uh, you know, when I see these things, it's sort of roll my eyes, yeah, yeah, public comment, you know, and, and they have to do it, and then they just ignore it. But trust me, on this, I've been to several of these meetings. The Department of Education is counting on the public voicing their opinions and using those opinions as reasons to change these standards. Yeah. Um, they, you know, they, just reading between the lines, I think that they would, they think some of these changes are beyond the pale also, but they cannot, you know, they, they need the public support to make these changes. So this is one of those examples where, where the public can make a difference. The other thing I could say is there are only eight members on the State Board of Education. Their emails are on the Department of Education site. You know, send, them, send them an email directly. Okay. Chastity Pratt-Dossie, reporter with Bridge Magazine. Thanks very much for being here on Detroit Today. Anytime. And Ron French, senior writer at Bridge Magazine. Thank you for being here on Detroit Today. Thank you. Up next, we're going to hear from the top Democrat on the State Board of Ed about these proposed social studies standards. And remember, read with us this summer. Search on Facebook for Detroit Today Summer Book Club and join us as we read and discuss Matthew Desmond's Evicted. We'll be right back. Stay on the phones with us, Ray and Gross Point Park, James in Rochester Hills, Malcolm in West Bloomfield, and Tom in Northwest Detroit. We will get to you next. We'll be right back with more Detroit Today. You're listening to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. And as always, thanks for tuning in. We're talking this hour about a pretty controversial proposal to change Michigan's social studies standards. Now we want to welcome someone who's going to play a pretty big role in the future of this proposal. Cassandra Ulbricht is the co-president of the State Board of Education. She is a Democrat from Rochester Hills. The board is split evenly between Democrats and Republicans. That's why we have two chairs. Democrats like Ulbricht are vowing to block the standards since references to things like the KKK, the Civil Rights Movement, and Roe versus Wade were removed. The standards also remove the word democratic from core democratic values because Republicans on a review board thought that word was partisan. Democrats say they would only allow the standards to move forward if we put those references back into the standards. We should also note that we've reached out to several uh, Republican legislators uh, to come on and talk about this. None of them were able to join us today. But of course, we would love to hear from folks out there who believe that this is the right move. If you think uh, we have gone too far to the left, perhaps, with the standards that we use to come up with curriculum in the schools, uh, give us a call 313-577-1019 and tell us why. But Sandra Elbrick, uh, welcome to Detroit Today. Thank you. It's my pleasure to be here. Yeah. So uh, let's first talk about your reaction to these standards when you first heard that they were removed. Well, so th this has actually been a very long process. Mm -hmm. uh, the standards that we're talking about now were originally passed in 2007. And so it, it's the intent to always update them on a regular basis because obviously history is being made 
every day. And so the longer it takes to update the social studies standards, the more you are missing from uh, the discussion about current events and things like that. So the process started in 2014, and much the same way it's gone now, um, we, the State Board of Ed members don't write the standards. Uh, that would be inappropriate, just as it would be for the legislature to do so. We actually invite content experts to come in, and they review the standards, and they make recommendations. And so that happened in 2014, and we put them out for public comment, and that's when we received uh, some word that some members of the legislature weren't happy with uh, some of the things that were in the standards. And uh, from there, a focus group was com- uh, was convened, uh, which you've already talked about, mm-hmm. and led us to where we are today. We had a, a new draft of the standards came to the board, and we looked at them and we said, these need to go out for public comment. Uh, that happened in May, and this is now the the culmination of that process, essentially. Um, but when I personally looked at them, I found a number of things that were really disturbing. And primarily, one, the, the fact that we treat the word democracy like it's a four-letter word, mm-hmm. that somehow, uh, you know, even though, yes, the United States is a republic, we function as a representative democracy. And there's nothing wrong with saying that, and there's certainly nothing wrong with teaching that. The other thing that I found uh, really abhorrent about um, one of the standards was the way we treat civil rights. We basically have turned civil rights into a zero-sum game. So there is literally a section in here now that says talks about uh, civil rights, and then it includes a, a statement that says how the expansion of rights for some groups can be viewed as an infringement of and originally included the word religious, rights and freedoms of others. So essentially, if you're talking about the ratification of the 19th Amendment or women's suffrage, Mm -hmm. you would have a lesson about, uh, you know, how women eventually receive the right to vote and become productive uh, uh, members uh, who had an actual voice in the laws that were governing their uh, lives And then you have to take a pause and talk about whose rights and freedoms were infringed upon as a result of that. Whose rights were infringed upon? Uh, You know, because someone gains equality doesn't automatically mean that somebody lost something. Sure. So that was one of the problems. I had a huge concern with that. Yeah. I mean, that's a longstanding argument uh, when we talk about how we teach history, how we teach uh, social studies and 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 those kind of things that that this idea of quote unquote neutrality sort of creeps into the conversation and crowds out uh, the consideration of truth right mm-hmm. that that often the truth is not neutral often the truth favors one side or another and it's very difficult sometimes to decide who gets to to sort of interpret those things uh, for our kids. I mean, I, I don't mean to make light of the controversy, but but uh, in fact, I think that's a pretty deep conversation to be having. Uh, the problem, of course, is that we don't ever really have that conversation in that academic sphere, uh, talking about how we discern truth from from neutrality, we end up having it in the political realm, and mm-hmm. and that's how we end up where we are right now. But but what you're talking about is exactly what we're trying to get to with social studies standards. Mm-hmm. Uh, just for a little bit of my background, I I loved social studies in in high school; it was my favorite topic. And so I went on to get a bachelor's in political science and a master's and a PhD in communication with a focus on political science. So this is 
this is what I this love to talk house, about. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and and this is the point of what we're trying to do. It's about increasing the critical thinking. Mm-hmm. And the great thing about social studies is that really is where you can hone those critical thinking skills. But in order to do that, you have to have a foundational level of understanding about the topics that you are are thinking critically about. So when someone says, what are the, uh, you know, what are the landmark decisions of the Supreme Court, you can name things like Plessy v. Ferguson, mm-hmm. Brown v. Board of Education, and yes, Roe v. Wade. It doesn't mean you agree with the decisions, but you have to understand what they were in order to compare and contrast and think critically about them. Yes, yes. Uh, again, uh, the number on the phones, as always, is 313-577-1019. If you want to join the conversation, call and tell us what you think about social studies standards, how we come up with standards for what we teach in the curricula in the state of Michigan. Should it be uh, from sort of a neutral perspective? Uh, Should it be from a partisan perspective? Are you okay with the idea that it should favor one side uh, or the other? Or ought we be concentrating on truth and teaching our kids to think critically about those truths. Uh, you can also go to the WDET Facebook page, put comments there, or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, uh, and we will work you into the conversation. Kadada Williams, a Wayne State historian on Twitter, says this isn't just about erasing Southern history. It is about erasing Michigan history, too. The second clan was fairly large in this state with about 30,000 in Detroit alone in the 1920s. It was anti-black and anti-Semitic anti-Catholic. Uh, there is a pretty robust conversation going on on Twitter about this subject right now. Uh, you can join there. Uh, you can also go to the Facebook page where there are a lot of folks uh, talking about this as well. But as always, the number is 313-577-1019. Let's go to Rhea in Gross Point Park. Welcome to Detroit Today. Thank you. I mm-hmm. am loving this conversation. Great. I've thought for a long time our kids aren't getting enough background and history. But I want to tell you about my experience. I'm a native Detroiter, but I had the opportunity to get my degree at North Carolina State. One of my classes was teacher education. And in that class, I also had the opportunity to review one of the textbooks which was, you know, social studies. I was appalled at the things that were watered down or just left out completely. Hmm. And, of course, they were things that uh, didn't look good for people who promoted them. And, and it was slavery and it was civil rights. But people who are approving these for Michigan, beware of that. You know, it does sound like it's gotten so political that it, they've forgotten their purpose. Yeah. Yeah. Rhea, thanks very much for the, Thank uh, for you. the call. Thank you. Yeah. Um, let's go to Tom in Northwest Detroit. Tom, welcome to Detroit today. Yeah, good morning all. You know, it's the, I feel this way. If you're not going to tell me the truth, the whole truth, but nothing but the truth, so help you God, you're telling me a lie. I mean, when I went to high school, I never learned about, you know, slavery and, you know, all of the kind of stuff that they know about now, okay? I never mm-hmm. knew that. But you know, it's, um, and I feel this way, the problem with education, part of it is, we've got too many legislators, you know, talking about, <laughs> to educators, you know, how they should educate mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. But, you know, as ugly and as painful as the history of this country is, if you're not going to tell that story, 
if you're not going to tell about the Trail of Tears and you're not going to tell about, you know, the Middle Passage and the Diaspora and how we, meaning my my forefathers, were, you know, um, brought here, you know, we, we weren't, wasn't forced immigration. We were brought here in chains, and we built the economy of this country. If you're not going to tell that, I mean, that's why, you know, situations are the way it is right now in terms of all of the angst and the turmoil that has been created since that thing called 45 has taken the seat now in the White House. <laughs> right. Tom, thanks very okay, much. Thanks uh, yeah, I appreciate the call, as always, and, and, and the comments. Uh, Cassandra Ulbricht, that, that concept of truth and how we get to it is, again, a really difficult discussion that, that goes on in academia all, mm-hmm. all the time, isn't it? It is. Uh, absolutely, because... It, Every conversation you have ultimately is a political conversation. Somebody is taking one side or the other. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it is, is it, it's in those debates that you, I think you come to uh, a common understanding of, of the history of the United States. Um, but again, you need that foundational understanding of what actually happened. You can't just pretend that slavery didn't exist. You can't just call, rename something uh, because it's convenient to have a different sounds name. sounds better, right? Exactly. I mean, words matter. And at the at the end of the day, we need to at least have a common understanding of what our history is and what happened in this country and how we got to the point where we are today in order to uh, move forward and to have an impact on what happens in the future. Yeah. So it, so it happens every day, and it's an important conversation to have, and the debate is wonderful. But at the end of the day, you do need to have some common definitions, and you need to have some common understanding. Yeah. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to continue this conversation about standards and education. Stay with us, and stay with us on the phones. Malcolm in West Bloomfield, James in Rochester Hills, Damon in Detroit, Joe in Dearborn. You're all waiting, and we will get to you after we come back. Stay with us on Detroit Today. You're listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. My guest is Cassandra Albrecht. She is a co-president of the State Board of Education, one of the four Democrats on the board who are vowing to block the standards that have been altered by Republicans to sort of change the way we teach social studies, eliminate discussion of certain subjects that conservatives find uncomfortable. If you want to join the conversation, give us a call, 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page, put comments there, or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today. Uh, and we'll work in the conversation. Malcolm in West Bloomfield, what's on your mind, Malcolm? Yes, mm-hmm. uh, I think the standards should be written by educators and historians, not by politicians. The politicians have spent a lot more time doing what they should be doing, which is fixing the roads, lowering the insurance rates, and stop overriding the people's votes, as the case of the emergency manager. We voted no emergency manager. They overrode our vote. And look what happened in Flint. So Mm -hmm. they need to stick to what they should be doing and stay out of education and and, uh, um, things they really don't have no uh, knowledge of. Yeah. Malcolm, uh, thanks very much for the call. Cassandra Aldbrook, I wonder how comfortable you are with the way that we deal with those things in Michigan. Do legislators have too much 
say or influence over what goes on in the classroom when really what they ought to be dealing with is uh, funding and the structure of education? Yes, they do. Absolutely. Uh, If you look at our state constitution, it's very clear who is is supposed to have responsibility for public education in the state of Michigan. Mm -hmm. It's the State Board of Education who hires and fires the state superintendent who oversees the daily operations of the Michigan Department of Education, and then it's your local school boards. Those are the the folks who should have uh, control over public education, but, you know, the legislature has, uh, and, and they rightly have a responsibility when it comes to the fiduciary and budgetary responsibilities for schools, but they have over the last 10 years, I've been on the board for 12 years. And I can tell you, in that time, there's been a major shift. Mm -hmm. Uh, The number of bills coming out of the legislature that is micromanaging our schools is uh, beyond what I've seen in the past. Uh, The governor's office and their micromanagement of schools is beyond what I've seen. But I think it really comes down to uh, the increase in the federal role, and it's it's trickling down. So under No Child Left Behind, and even under the Obama administration with the uh, race to the top and things like that, you saw a a strengthening really of the federal role of public education and that is now filtering down to the states and it's now filtering into the local level yeah yeah um let's go to james in rochester hills james welcome to detroit today hi good morning thank you i'm going to make a point then i'll ask a question Mm -hmm. i think on its surface mr colbeck's attempts here are purely partisan this is an attempt by somebody to run for governor, differentiate himself from the field. So this is going to be his stepping off point. And I know that he has some history trying to set education policy, but now that leads into my question, which is this, uh, for your guest, what has the state board done? What have the policymakers done to bring in educators to help assist, advise, and write these standards? Because what Hmm. we've seen, in my opinion, is policymakers, pundits, experts who come on talk shows who then like to pretend as if they're experts in these fields, (laughs) and they're really not. They've never managed a classroom. They've never graded a paper. They've never prepared a lesson. So again, I go back to the question, what has the state of Michigan done? What has the state board done to cultivate that expertise from teachers who are there every single day? And and contrary to what your one of your previous callers said, we do go out there as teachers. We like to make ourselves experts in the field, and we're not oblivious to what goes on. Hmm. Thank uh, you very much. I James, appreciate your time. Thanks very much for the call. Uh, Cassandra, go ahead. That's a great question. So what you see publicly are basically politicians talking about these subjects, uh, but what happens behind the scenes is a very different process. So generally, uh, when we go out for standards such as this, we bring together content-level experts. So those includes uh, that can include uh, university professors, but it also includes teachers, people who are actually in the classroom. And they come together, and they're the ones who review the standards and make recommendations to the State Board of Education. We also have a number of committees through the Department of Ed that include um, teachers and educators, faculty members uh, who advise us on a a number of different areas. And then we also have the Michigan Teacher of the Year who, this is unique to Michigan, actually sits at the State Board of Education table and is basically a member of the board, a non-voting member who can advise us on every issue that we have coming before us. So we, we bring in teachers, we bring in educators, and that's what happens behind the scenes. But then when something becomes political, 
like this. Then you start to see uh, folks who are not educators weighing in and talking about um, what they'd like to see and what the process is. But that's that's generally not what we do at the State Board of Education. It's not what the Michigan Department of Education does. And we do bring in educators to talk about these issues. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, uh James, thanks very much for the call uh, and the comments. Let's go to Susan in Ann Arbor. Susan, we've got about three minutes left, but I wanted to get you in here. Hi. Um, I am a seventh grade social studies teacher, and what I plan to do next year is to um, have a review of the proposed cur- or the curriculum changes within the classroom and ask huh. the kids if they think this is a good, these are good ideas. Oh, wow. We mm-hmm. bring, I bring in everything. I don't follow the curriculum to the letter, but a lot of what, and the kids often will propose topics to talk about. One, and they're very interested in the Holocaust and the KKK and mm. how that relates to their families in Michigan. So, I mean, I let them kind of lead the way and we kind of, you know, make sure that we touch various curriculum points, but sure. we're going to bring this in. Uh, we're going to talk about the changes. So proposed, Susan, think. Susan, I'm curious, how old are the students you teach? They're seventh grade, so 12 and 13. So some of them, I mean, some of them really grasp onto this. The other ones are kind of like, wait, oh, wow, we can do this. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, it's it's a process, but it's a good one. Wow. Uh, Susan, thanks very much for the call. Uh, And the example there, uh, Cassandra, I, I think that sort of brings us back to the sort of brass tacks here, which is it is about what happens in the classrooms. And ultimately, teachers kind of decide that on their own. I mean, they have to follow standards they have to do what uh, what we think they should be doing but the way they do it really does have an effect on on students. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and, and that's the, the point of the standards, really, is that this is what students should be able to do by the time they, gra- they leave that grade. Um, but it, it's not limiting. The point of them is not to limit this is the only thing you can teach. Mm-hmm. It's the, to the starting off point, essentially. And so I, th- I think that's a great idea about bringing them in and actually having these conversations. And again, that's the whole point of the standards is that we're creating these opportunities for critical thinking for students at a much younger age. Uh, and and giving them the knowledge to be able to think critically about these issues. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay, Cassandra Albrecht, co-president of the State Board of Ed. Thanks very much for being here on Detroit Today. To do it for us today, we will be back tomorrow. Hope you will, too. Remember to go check out the Detroit Today Summer Book Club Facebook page. Uh, Join the conversation there about Matthew Desmond's book, Evicted, as we talk all summer about that book and about housing insecurity in Southeast Michigan. This is 1019 WDET, Detroit's public radio station, a community service of Wayne State University. See you tomorrow.